Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. going on everyone this is the go long podcast at golongtd.com on apple on spotify on youtube wherever you consume your podcasts i'm tyler dunn here live at hamburg brewing company in western new york riding solo this week no jim bonus he's on the road he's traveling but the show must go on so here we are be sure to get on down here to hamburg because holy cow they have a wide wide array of beers for you to try I'm drinking the Hoppin' Stance right now. As you guys know, that's our beer of choice. Little IPA action. But they have a new sour, a raspberry smoothie sour 7.0. It will be on the shelf here shortly. All I can say is you're going to love it. Even if you don't like sours, give it a try. It's unbelievable. And we still want to do one of these podcasts uh, with the head brewer. So we're going to make that happen soon. Should be a lot of fun. Just kind of show you how this beer is made here in Hamburg. And uh, be on the lookout at golongtd.com. We're going to maybe do a live show here soon. Potentially a Bills-Patriots Monday Night Football get-together in the works. We'll let you know. A lot going on in football. I mean, there always is, right? And I I think that we're starting to kind of see what teams are contenders, what teams are pretenders, or at least we think which team falls into which category. Uh, but the Cleveland Browns, Minnesota Vikings are two teams kind of in a, in a similar spot where they're trying to figure out what they have in their quarterback. They are convincing themselves that they could be a contender. They're both kind of in the playoff hunt right now. So why not bring on Leroy Horde, a running back with both teams in the 90s? You guys know we're all about that 90s nostalgia here on the Go Long podcast. And I've talked to Leroy before uh, for a Cleveland story last year when they are in the playoffs. He's a hell of a lot of fun. So we're going to bring him on here and uh, kind of talk about his playing days, talk about both teams and see where it goes. All right, everyone, here is the legend himself, Leroy Horde. I mean, hey, like I told you, man, 
this podcast, we're all about that 90s nostalgia. And you yeah. played the entire decade, 1990, second round pick out of Michigan to the Cleveland Browns, a team that we're going to talk a lot about here. Uh, Baltimore, 96, Carolina, 96, yeah. and then obviously the Vikings, 96 to uh, to 99. Maybe one of the greatest teams of all time that unfortunately yeah. couldn't seal the deal. Uh, yep. But you were a big part in, of uh, both teams. I lived in four cities in three months. Whoa. I lived in Cleveland, went to Baltimore, got shipped to Carolina, and then Minnesota during one football season. So I went from thinking, you know, I'm going to be a Brown or a Raven for life to, you know, putting on three different jerseys in, 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 a, in two months. And I'm like, it's unbelievable. Well, the thing is this, like, I always thought success in football was being that Ozzie Newsome or, you know, or, or being that Clay Matthews, you know, or being that Pike or being that Bernie or being, being that guy that you, you know, build your roots. It was the first city I ever actually had to live in, right? That wasn't a college town. So I got, I kind of grew up there. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a, an adult yet. I was still a kid when I got there because, hell, I was 21 years old. What what the hell, you know, like <laughs> we saw these kids coming into the league and we all of a sudden think they supposed to be that much smarter than we were when we were 21. So they go, hey, man, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Because I'm 21 and I ain't got to go to school. So, you know, I, I thought that I would go through the stages, the different stages of life. And it would be in Cleveland. I had no desire to live somewhere else. You know, I took vacations, then came back to Cleveland. I was in a bowling league. I golfed. You know, I did everything. I went walleye fishing, bought me a boat. We're going right off walleye. Lake Erie. Yep. I did. Like, I was a Cleveland guy because I love the, the setup. You know, like, it's something about Sunday morning in Cleveland that every every fan base say they have it but you don't realize the level of commitment till your car end up on a ditch in 70 on 71 and you realize that you got an hour to get to the game and you're gonna be mad that you bought them tickets right because it was snowing for no reason whatsoever with the lake effect snow it was traffic and you know what? I appreciated that. I, it was something that, you know, I played in front of a hundred plus thousand people every week, but it wasn't that. It wasn't, it was something special in Cleveland. You know, you had to be, you know, nowadays players, they screw up or go one in 31. They get in their car below the stadium and then they just hit a hundred and get up out of there. When I played, you had to walk the gauntlet after the game and face the people you disappointed. Did you really? Oh, we right across the street. We ain't have no special parking lot. You had to go get in the car. I'll tell you a story. So we played, I want to say it was 92. It was 92. It was Belichick's first year. Okay. We played Philadelphia. And we were winning like 30 to like 14 or something like that in the fourth quarter. And Webster Slaughter caught a punt on the one-yard line and fumbled. 
and they got it and they ended up winning like 30 to 31 or something like that. So we changed, we after the game, man, we, you know, we, we frustrated, but the thing about players is you can't get mad at another player. Cause one day you're going to be that guy, right? It just happens in sports. You right. play enough time, right. you ain't going to get it right every time. So you kind of understand that. So you're trying to console because, you know, you're going to need, you're going to need Webb at some point because dude was a tremendous player. So after the game, we in there, we, you know, we up in the penthouse. That's what we call the upstairs in that raggedy ass stadium. We call it the penthouse because if they didn't come tell you the game started, we had a little TV up there. There was a crack in the window. So when it was cold, it was really cold. And we just, you know, hung out because there wasn't enough room to put everybody on the same floor. So we getting dressed, Webb come back after the game, you know, he went across the street, go to his car, come back. He said, man, they slashed my tires, right? They slashed his tires, right? And somebody said, you probably shouldn't have fumbled that ball. They knew, but they knew what he, they knew what he was driving. Like, it said Webb on the license plate. Oh, there it is. We had no special parking lot. So. Like, I, I appreciated that. You know, I didn't look. You like the fact that he's that they slashed your teammates' tires, is what you're saying. No, I didn't you, like that they that slashed your tires. Look, look <laughs> the thing about fans are they fanatics. They yeah. sometimes go too far. You know what I mean? They sometimes, the, 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 the complaints about why you are where you are are sometimes unrealistic. You know, you can look at this Brown team now. Everybody want to say Baker, Baker, Baker. Look at how many points the defense giving up. Right? Yeah. Last year, you weren't winning because of Baker. You win because of your defense and your running game. Now, all of a sudden, you put it all on Baker? But that's not why you got here. So why are we blaming Baker? Now, periodically, Baker's going to have to make some plays. So I'm not excluding him from it. Everybody want to put it all on him. Understand how you got here, you know. So, as a player, you understand all these things, and so I'm never gonna when a player makes a mistake, um, I'm always gonna give him a chance to make it good or make it right because I know I've been I'm gonna get mad at somebody for fumbling. I fumbled a lot, I wasn't trying to, I didn't want to, but just I ran wild. That was part of who made me who I was. I can't yeah. all of a sudden, are you want ball protection? I can't run like that. So it, it was, it, you know, so I, I'm a little more understanding with players than a lot of people are because I get it from a fan base. You just want to win. Um, and it's easy to point at the guy that touches the football all the time. But I'll tell you, I mean, you're giving up a lot of points on defense. A lot of points. Now, the offense is putting you in a bad spot sometimes. So it has to be complimentary football. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not going to take it all and put it on Baker. He, does he have to play better? Yes. But I think everybody has to play a little bit better. You know, we all, in a team sport, we all know our weaknesses. You know, when I played in Minnesota, we lost two games all year. And you know what we knew? We knew this for a fact. If we didn't score 30 points, we weren't going to win. Guess how many times we didn't score 30 points? Twice. Two games. Guess how many games we lost? Twice. So is that the defense's fault? You see what I mean? 
Like, it's easy yeah. to put it on defense for giving up a drive at the end of the game. But the fact of the matter is, offensively, you look at it, we didn't score 30. And we knew that's what kind of team we were. I want to start with your career, though, Leroy. I mean, because we, we talked about it a year ago ahead of the Browns game against the Chiefs. But I, I don't know if people can really appreciate or understand what that time was like you know, in Cleveland Browns history. So, you know, 94 is your coming out party. You know, you personally and as, as a team, you made the Pro Bowl, I believe, uh, yeah. about 900 yards rushing, almost 500 receiving, bunch of touchdowns. You guys are punching teams in the mouth. People are excited. The Browns are expected to win. You know, it's, it's a weird feeling yeah. to have. I mean, it's been 25 years and everybody expects them to lose. Everybody anticipates the worst, but... You expect it to win then. You get to the playoffs. You beat New England. You lose to Pittsburgh. We talked about, like, you beat Pittsburgh. You, you that, that could be a Super Bowl team. Right. Boom. One one year later, I mean, right. they're, they're, ripping the, they're ripping the seats out. You guys are going to Baltimore. They right. lose their football team. That emotional swing for the franchise, to be right in the middle of that all, I can't, I can't imagine what that was like as a starting running back on that Well, because keep in mind, when they made the announcement, we were three and one or four and two or something like that. So we weren't scrubs at that time. But, and then as the season went on and, and like, I think the hardest part for a player is you have to answer questions that nobody else in the organization would answer. And you don't have the answers for them. So every, that's unbelievable. You know, it, I mean, that's where the, owner, say, the owners are cowards. It, you know what? It's not. Think about this. There's tough decisions you have to make in your life. And you know why you make them. And having to sit and explain why you made that decision is not going to change anything. All you're going to do is piss everybody off with your explanation. Now, the one thing I'll say about that whole situation was. The city of Cleveland made it sound like that there was a stadium in place. And that got all the fan base riled up because they thought that the organization had options here that they chose to bypass. That wasn't the case. When I first got to Cleveland in 1990 in Berea, the first time I went into Berea, when you walk through the front door, there was a diagram of a new stadium. That was in 1990. That stadium ended up getting built in 1999. So, and, and keep in mind, I make you Art Modell. And I say, like, look, I don't think a team should have ever been moved out of Cleveland. Okay? I think something should have been worked out. But I'm not going to tell, tell my boss how to handle his business. Right? But think about this. In that same time, I make you Art Modell. You see a basketball arena built and a new baseball stadium built and you playing in municipal stadium when you were promised a stadium. And people do that because they realize you're not going to do nothing. So then they said, you know what? We done. Now what? Now, do I agree with the decision? Hell no, I love Cleveland. But do I understand? See, there's a difference. You cannot like a decision, but can't nobody tell me they wouldn't have did the same thing. Shouldn't owners just pay for their own stadiums? 
if if the city is going to pay for it and be vested in it, guess what? Down here. They tried to do it down here. But guess what the owner did? He, uh, Steve, Steve Ross. He put, he's put over a billion dollars into that area down there of his own money. And so would you believe he changed the, the, the seat configuration so he could get like high price seats down? You know, they have like lounge chairs and, and so they had to erase some of the seats and move some of the people around and they complain. And I say, hell no, you don't get to complain. That man used his own money. You didn't want you more public funding for a stadium. He put 500 million just in the stadium, right? That means he can tell you, kiss my ass, I'm doing what I want, right? I mean, it gets interesting because, you know, we're actually here in Buffalo, New York, and uh-huh. T- Terry and Kim Pagula ba- basically saved the team. I mean, everybody's been living in fear that the Bills are going to leave when Ralph Wilson right. dies. Uh-huh. Um, th- they buy the team, and, you know, they're they're Western New Yorkers mm-hmm. through and through. That They own the Buffalo Sabres, the hockey team here as well, obviously. Right. But now they're at that precious, you know, fragile kind of place where, you know, that lease is up pretty soon on Highmark Stadium. They've got to build a new stadium. Is it going to be in Orchard Park? Is it going to be downtown? I think everybody kind of knows it will be Orchard Park at this point because you'd have to redo all the highway system downtown. But how much are they going to pony up? How much is the state going to pony up? What were the taxpayers going to have to do here? It's kind of a messy, unclear deal right now, and nobody's really sure what's going to happen. it's not really a mess because it look, I believe this with all, with everything I have. Two adults can sit in a room and come to a compromise about anything that's going on in the world. Once one person feels that they got to get over or they have the upper hand, then it all goes to hell. So if the Buffalo Bills work with the city of Buffalo and the city of Buffalo don't go at the Buffalo Bills and say, we ain't doing it because you got money. Something can be done. And, and, and that's a fact. But, but, but if you start hearing, okay, because there's going to be some politician that's going to stand on his soapbox and say something that all the people want to hear, but it might not be the reality of what's going on. The Buffalo Bills need to be in Buffalo. Okay? But the owner of the Buffalo Bills, it's a business to him. So somewhere those two things got to meet because the people of Buffalo know that they want the Buffalo Bills there. Okay. Stop acting like you don't need them there. And that's what people would do to try to, you know, force yeah. the Buffalo Bills in. They've got leverage. You know, Terry Bugle does have leverage because the, everybody wants the Bills in Western New York. But I'll say to play devil's advocate, you know, the Green Bay Packers, when they put in that huge renovation at the turn of the century, you know, they had to they had to remain viable in Brown County, Wisconsin. I believe the vote to pass, it was like 5347 in favor of this tax increase in Green Bay. Like, the what else though. do they have in Green Bay? They only have brats and beer and the Packers. But here, here's the difference, though. Okay. That's a publicly owned um, business. So there's no individual. See, whenever we as normal people 
look at somebody asking for something that has billions, you automatically think, why don't you spend some of your billions? Right? I, I mean, that like it, it, it happens. Some owners just don't want to deal with it. Like they'll try, but in the end, they want to put a good product on the field. Um, but I think that the cities, these cities, and these 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 professional sports, if they mean that much to the community, should be working together, and and stop trying to be a, a, a corporate mogul or business mogul, because in some areas, sports is bigger than how much your ticket costs or how much you make or how much taxes we pay. And you can't say Buffalo and Orchard Park, right? You can't say, oh, Buffalo, they moved. It won't sound right. With the Buffalo, the Bills aren't the Raiders. Nobody cares about the bougie-ass Raiders, right? They can move all over. <laughs> They've been in Oakland, L.A., now they're in Vegas, right? You, do you think of you think of Indianapolis Colts, right? Do you really – come on now. Okay, yeah, that's great. Hey, but you're you're a Florida native though. You're not paying much taxes. I'm you're in New York. We're, I'm, we're, not, we're, I'm not. I'm not a Florida. I thought native. you were down in Florida. I live in or, Florida. I'm sorry, I'm not a Florida. native. You live in Florida now. Yeah. Yep. We're getting taxed up. Our you know what here in New York State. I don't All think people want more taxes. Hey, yeah. We don't have a state. We don't have state tax. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I don't know. I don't know if people want to pay more taxes around here. I think it'd be a pain in the ass. I get, uh, and I and I agree. And, and I agree, I I get it. I get the the the, but but sometimes, guess what? Sometimes when you go about things, for example, you have a car, one of your tires go flat. You go to the first dealer you come into, right? He have the most expensive tire in the world, but you need that tire to go to work. You need that <laughs> tire. It, it, that's that's what happens. So you can yeah. go about it a couple of ways. You can put your foot in the ground and then it's not going to end. Anytime somebody gives somebody else an ultimatum, it never works out. Yeah. Right. Everybody's bitter. So just work it out. We're going to stop. Just find a way. I don't know what that way is. I'm not that savvy in business. I'm not that savvy in, in running a football organization, but I know this Buffalo bills need to be in Buffalo. Stop acting like they not. And the owners of the bills, they know they need to be in Orchard Park. Stop acting like you don't and move on from there. It's going to get done. I mean, I it will sure. happen. Sure. It's sure. it's not like Cleveland. It really isn't. I mean, I, I can't I can't see Terry Pagula remotely coming close to pulling an Art Modell here at all. He said that about Art Modell. And and I think Did they really did, did they then? And 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 they no way they thought he would leave. But here's the deal. Dear uh, people of Buffalo, don't take what you have for granted. There's 32 teams in 32 cities. Every city loves their team, no matter how well they do. Don't take it for granted, right? Work something out, get it done. You know, like, that's just it. That's just, look, dude, understand where I'm from. Okay, I'm from New Orleans. I played, I spent my whole life with the New Orleans Saints. They were started in 1969, the year after I was born, 1960, might even been the year I was born. 
They never had a winning record while I lived in New Orleans. Okay, right. So you know what I get pissed off at? When I see a team complaining about going through a couple of bumps in the road and you've been successful. I never saw a successful football team until I played on one. And you had the greatest coach of all time. I mean, it, it, it is nuts to think if, you know, all the what ifs, but if, if, if the Cleveland Browns can stay right there in Cleveland with Bill Belichick, what could have been? I mean, you probably have Belichick stories for days. Any mm-hmm. that you want to share here? Like, what's the best Belichick um, story you love to I, I, tell I would your buddies? Say, I would say this. So I'll tell you, actually, when we played in, played against New England in the playoff game. Bill has a very, like, he's a good dude. He means well. He's socially awkward. Now, it's not, it's not that, you know, you can't have a conversation with him. It's not that, but you ever meet those people, the only way they know how to talk is just to tell you how it is. And, and if they can't do that, because they might hurt your feelings, they just don't say nothing. That's how Bill was. Now, with us, he wasn't like that. So we playing, we, we playing New England, and we get down to like the 5 or 10-yard line. Tweet, 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 time out. So it's me, Vinny, and Metcalf. We go to the sideline. What's up, coach? We going over what we going to do. Blah, 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 blah. Right? As we go into the field, he said, hey, Vinny, don't mess it up like you did against Pittsburgh. <laughs> but that's Bill. So me and Eric turn around and look, and we laugh. You know, now keep in mind, this is a playoff game. But it, he's dead serious. That's so when you see him mumble an answer or stick with an answer, right? You, everybody looks at this and the guy's got no personality. It's like, no. He never wants to say anything that warrants five more questions. So he says nothing. Now, I will tell you this. Isn't it ironic that everything that Bill says, all of the players say? Oh. Think about it's it. Like, it's like a machine. Right. Here's a self-sustaining Wait. economy of Here's sorts. Here's why. You know, after the meeting after the game, you know, when the, the teams get together after the game, Bill talk, right? He don't tell you what to say, but he kind of puts the, the, the team directive out there. Mm-hmm. B- before we meet with the media on Monday or, two, or Wednesday, he don't tell you what to say, but the directive is out there. And that's kind of how it, it is with him. It works when you're good, though, like when you're winning Super Bowls all the time. When you're not... It, it works, player. All it, it works all the time, though. If you want a comedian, go to the comedy club. I wanted a good football coach. He was an excellent football coach. Look at that coaching staff. Some of the guys are still coaching to this day. What we had, we, we got along as a team. We had a good thing going, right? You did. You did. Like, I, I've been fortunate that every football team I played for we were all good friends. Oh, every room that I ever went into, every offensive room, we didn't have 
all this little ego stuff. We had guys with egos, right? You know, one of the guys that everybody thought was the ego man was Chris Carter. And I'll tell you this about Chris Carter. Chris Carter was all about winning. And if it meant that he had to run a decoy route for us to win the game, no problem. He would be in the huddle and say, hey, Randall, I'm going to run this route. They're going to double me. Randy going to be wide open. So I have the utmost respect for guys like that. Yeah. You know, but what we do is we put so much on players. You see what I mean? Look, Odell Beckham is an unbelievable player and a good dude. Let's not, don't, don't take the unfortunate situation that happened with the Cleveland Browns and mean either the Cleveland Browns were bad or, or uh, Odell Beckham was bad people. Sometimes it doesn't work out. And one of the reasons why it didn't work out is let's, let's look at it from a reality standpoint. Everywhere Odell Beckham has gone, he has been the guy that the play was designed for. Right? You can do whatever you can. You can do whatever you want to do offensively to get a player open. Hell, they do it for the running back. They design plays where he's going to break free. Hopefully break free. They do it for, you know, every other position. They do it, but you have three wide receivers. And so sometimes the situation dictates who's going to be open. Sometimes the coverage does. But even with that, a coach can design a play to get you open. Odell Beckham has been that guy his whole life. He gets to Cleveland, he just, they just throw him into the system. So that's part of the problem there. Is, that, is he still talented, though? Like, is he good enough sure. for the play to go through him? Sure, but, but, but Stefanski just didn't do that. That's fine. That, that's fine. You know, we didn't we didn't really do that. We didn't really do that in, in, in Minnesota, but the quarterback just threw it up for Randy and he went and got it. We didn't know what the hell that play was. <laughs> right, right, it was just backyard football. <laughs> right, exactly. But but here's the interesting thing. When we learned offense from Brian Billick, who was the offense coordinator at the time, we didn't learn, you know, we didn't learn positions on the field. We learned concepts. So what, wherever you were on the field dictated what you did, not who you were. So there'd be plays where Randy be tired and him and Chris Carter would switch. And they thought it was, oh, no, they got a new formation. They say, no, Randy just tired. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, you can set your offense up. You got to be smart enough offensively to do it. So, but but Odell's always been that guy. And it's not bad that um, Stefanski didn't design an offense for him. Because let's keep it real. That offense ain't designed for a wide receiver. They didn't design for Jarvis Landry. It's for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's what's going to determine whether you win or lose. So you you have who you end up being and who you are sometimes are two different things. Did you think that, you know, when they drafted Nick Chubb, that that the the, the Browns would lead the league in rushing? No. We didn't know that. Did you know? When you got Nick Chubb and he he had a, a, a great rookie year that you was going to end up with Kareem Hunt and it was going to work out? No, you didn't know that. You just kind of morphed into that. And so, like, I have more respect for a coach that lets it happen than trying to force an offense on a team. 
So it, that's why it didn't work out with Odell. Doesn't mean that he can't play. Everybody seemed to put put this on Odell like, oh, you he's a diva. He's this. He's, he's always been that guy. It ain't his fault. You brought him in to be Odell Beckham. You ain't bring him in to be a slot receiver on the left. So, you know, I always believe, I believe you're better with better players. Now, I will say this, what did help in Odell Beckham not being there anymore is the other guys stepping up. That room was packed. Yeah. You got guys making plays all over that, over that wide receiver court. So from that standpoint, it all kind of just happened. But I don't hold, uh, I don't hold not one grudge against Odell Beckham. Nor do I hold one against Stefanski because sometimes it just doesn't work out. But what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Like that's the question, right? He so they they picked up that option through twenty twenty two. They should have uh, eighteen million. That's that's reasonable for his talent level. Yeah, but he would be a lame duck into next season on that deal. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How long is this contract? Through next season. 2022. Okay. okay. And he's a lame duck if they don't sign him before that last year? Yeah. Oh, you, I mean, a player playing to the end of his contract? I mean, that's it's the quarterback position. It, it, they can, I, what I think is going to happen is the Tennessee, 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 yeah, they could do that. So, so what? Guess what? If it's your profession, okay. Ask Kirk Cousins if it was okay to get franchised two years in a row and bring home $60 million in two years. Then go Not get a bad way to make a living. Not if a bad way. If it's your profession, it means you're doing well. Kirk Cousins got $150 million in five years. But I think a lot of it's going to depend on how Baker Mayfield performs these last seven games, right? He do that. That's not fair to him. He's hurt. He's hurt. What are you doing? See, that's that's you're being unreasonable. I get it. Everybody wants to know if there is a long-term guy. Okay, let's be honest. How many of them are there? Okay, because guess what? You like Ryan Tannehill? You think Ryan Tannehill's I, a pretty good quarterback? I think that the Browns should do what the Titans did. I think that they should. Find a find a a quarterback who flamed out somewhere else, right? Or it didn't work out somewhere like Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know somebody like what? that. Bring him in. I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you out. Hell no. <laughs> you, in, in, I, order I like, bring, no like, in order to bring a quarterback that has flamed out, he had had to have a flame in the first place. Where's that flame? Okay, where do you want the Jared Goff flame? You want no. the Nick Foles flame? I like ah. Baker Mayfield. No, I love Baker Mayfield. Okay. I, I, just, I think that that's from this standpoint. I'm saying that you have to bridge it somehow. Like I think uh why if you're if you're Cleveland, you you want to bring something in next year you, at you this know rate, what I right? Do? Something you know what I you know what I want to do. I want to make him as comfortable as possible to go out and perform. Then if he doesn't perform, it would be because he didn't perform. Okay? You you get, look, everybody gets a chance to do what they do. 
And I wish if I, I, I look forward to watching an athlete in any sport get that opportunity. Once he gets that opportunity, it's on him. Okay? Now, for Baker's first two years, like, come on, it, it wasn't fair to him. Right? The team wasn't there yet. Now the team is here. You telling me if you had a different quarterback, you'd be that much better? Not giving up 40 points? No. So so there's other things that that you can address before you get to Baker. If you're going to change quarterbacks, right, don't tell me that you're going to change quarterbacks and go to a guy who flamed out somewhere else. I'm not okay. saying change quarterbacks. I'm saying you have to maybe bring in a plan B in case you have to go to that plan B midway through 2022. Hey. I you mean, Marcus, are you married? Huh? I am. Do you, you, you got a side chick in case you're wet, your, 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 your relationship don't work out. In case your marriage that's a don't poor work metaphor. Out. I think it's a poor metaphor. It's, it's a poor one, <laughs> but it fits. You, you look at some point, you got to be all in and all support, right? And if it doesn't, work, is, is all? I don't think all in is forty five mil a year. I wouldn't go forty five mil a year. You're saying no. you go forty five mil a year? No, no. Here's what I would do. Okay, if you feel the way you feel, I know a lot of Browns people feel that Baker's not the guy. And that we can do better, okay? If that's the way you feel, you got two, three more years, okay? You got two, three more years. Look at the reality of it. Stop, stop making it like you got to make a decision right now. You don't, okay? The quarterback, the quarterback draft class is hot garbage, okay? It is. There isn't anybody that's gonna all of a sudden be a free agent that's gonna be better than Baker. So which is Wilson there, Rogers? Maybe I don't know. And they're gonna come to Cleveland. Like you been <laughs> I have the same conversations down here in Miami. <laughs> when we gonna get Russell Wilson or we gonna trade for Deshaun Watson? Hey man, you 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 taking a whole lot of liberties there. You making the assumption that guy wanna come here. You making an assumption that guy wanna come to Cleveland. Lyra, I, I think we're on the same page, honestly. I'm with you. I don't, I'm not saying they should go to another quarterback. I'm saying that it wouldn't hurt Cleveland to maybe bring in a reclamation project for the hell of it on the cheap to throw behind Baker Mayfield and say, all right, if this guy impresses us, if Marcus Mariota or draft the Baker guy. Mayfield falls draft flat the, on his face. Draft the guy in the second or third round. But I'm telling you this, Okay. If you got that person on the side, you're thinking about them. You're thinking if it goes wrong, you could go to them. So are you really showing your undivided support if you got that side, that side guy, that guy you like? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? But but you can you can bring you can pull a Tony Romo and bring in Tony Romo or somebody like that, some guy from a, a smaller university or a guy in the third or fourth round. You can do a Dak Prescott, right? You can do that. That's different because you always bringing in young quarterback talent, okay? You can bring in whoever. But if you go and sign that veteran guy, right, that everybody get all warm and fuzzy like you just did over just random backup 
backup guy, right? Are you really throw him in there? Your quarterback in the right frame of mind. Well, shouldn't he be mentally tough enough to handle that? Like, if he's not, then he's he's not my guy. You're making a terrible assumption. I don't know. You're an adult. Wait, you know, perform. Keep in mind, most of these guys, their whole life have been the guy, right? You don't know mentally if they can handle not being the guy. You understand what I'm saying? Like Eh. some guys, when you say, hey, we're going to go with this other guy, they fold up. It's human nature. Some guys like Carson Wentz, pretty much. Some some guys, some guys say, oh, hell no, you ain't going to take my job. I'm going to fight like hell. And you end up being a better player for it. Stop assuming athlete is that guy. Because we all people too. Like the, the, the laws of the land do not exclude athletes. Stop doing that. You got guys that who are sensitive. You got guys who are emotionally imbalanced. You got all those same people, but they just happen to play football. You're telling me big, bad, hard-ass Leroy Horde is Mr. Emotionally Sensitive right now. Oh, no. No, I'll, I'll beat your ass. But, I ain't like, <laughs> but I've been like that. I've been like that my whole life. Like, my style of football, if you follow every level or every way that I've played, has been that way through high school, through college, through the NFL. But I think Baker's like that, though. I think Baker could handle it. He should be able to handle it. But why? What's your point? Like, you're just playing games because you think you're a motivational speaker? Like, I love the way people say, oh, we really got him going. I used to say this to fans, right? I remember after a game, we played bad. I had a terrible game. And the reporter said, uh, you know, they try to get you going. Right. And he say, uh, what'd you feel about the fans booing? Because I had previously said, I say, if you're a fan of your team, you think you got a better chance of them turning around if you boo a cheer. Just saying. So after this game, he said, Hey, did you hear all those fans booing when y'all went in at halftime? I say, I would have booed my ass too. It was terrible. <laughs> like I get it. I'm not saying that you can't be fans, but what I'm saying is the reality of it is, is that. You think if you get rid of Baker and get a new quarterback, you're moving forward and you're actually moving back, right? And you're actually moving backwards and you're starting that process all over again. And you don't want to do that. You can't do that. Like he, he ain't terrible. Look, I tell you what, I take Baker Mayfield over Carson Wentz. I take Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff, over Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Stop making it sound like you got the worst quarterback in the league. He's banged up. Nobody had a problem with Baker last year. And now all of a sudden in six months, just think of it like that in real life. You make a commitment to life with somebody and then something happened. Y'all hit a rough patch and in six months you go, I'm out. Yeah, yeah man. Like, like, I get it. You're frustrated because you think we supposed to be dominating this division. And we losing some crap games, but it's football. You still, no matter how bad the team is, it's still the top 1% of 1% in that profession. I like Baker Mayfield. I really do. I, I think you can win with him. I think you can win with a running game, a defense. There's a formula there to yeah, work that's, with. That's right. 100, 100%. Yeah. I'm with you. I just think that if I'm the Cleveland Browns, if I'm that front office, 
I'm not in a rush to hand him Dak Prescott money, Josh Allen money, you don't have to. Lamar Jackson money. You don't have to. I'm not doing. That's all I'm saying is you like, don't have to. There, Here, there, think about, there's, think there's another point. option there. You get, he get, eighteen this year. If they franchise him next year, he might get thirty-five. That's a lot of money, but yeah. Okay, thirty-five versus what? Seventy, eighty guaranteed. You ain't out yet. Okay, then he plays that year. So you got two more years. You got two more years. So what? Oh, let me ask you. You give me a damn job where I can get 40 plus million in two years. No. More than that. Yeah, he get 40, he get uh 40, was that 53 million? 50 from 53 million for two years of football. Okay? For two years of football. What do you feel sorry to Baker about? Right. I don't want to give him 40 me. You just gave him 50 in two years. I think that they probably view him as a Kirk Cousins type right now. You know, Cousins did the same thing. He's a little different than Kirk Cousins, but but I would say Kirk Cousins is underrated too. I would say that. I say the the, the Washington uh, football team spent so much time trying to get rid of him that they didn't take advantage of the talent that he had. And then he went to Minnesota, went to an NFC championship game. You can't tell me he can't work. He can't move that well. He really can't. Hey, look at Tom Brady. What are you talking about? Maybe he got to protect a little bit more. He, oh, okay. I, I concede. He's not Lamar Jackson. Okay. All right. You got me. I mean, he, but, t- but, but, what, Tana, you Tana can, can move yeah. around a little bit. You can't have it both ways, okay? You can't tell me, okay, that he can't move and then say he, we're only going to acknowledge him as a quarterback when he can throw out of the pocket, right? Because that's what they say about Lamar Jackson. Can't have it both ways. See, uh, look, I believe this, and this is the honest truth. For every reason you can say you don't want something, you can find a reason to say you want it. And, and I'll and say this, that's too. The case, then support your team. 2021, you can win with that kind of quarterback. I mean, with the way defenses are playing these quarterbacks, sitting back, begging you to run the football. I, I think there's an emphasis on running the football. There's an emphasis on defense. I think you can I think there's a formula there. You can talk yourself in to that kind of quarterback. No doubt about it. If if you have the running game that the Browns have. If you have the defense that the Browns have, okay, you can win football games with Baker Mayfield. Now, if you want Baker Mayfield to be Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have problems, okay? But everybody's trying to find Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Hey, I hate to break this news to you. They're once or twice in a lifetime. The Packers are winning with defense right now too. Right, right. Right, I'll give you a perfect example. What comes to mind when I say uh, Peyton Manning? He's one of the all-time passing leaders of all time. Touchdowns, uh, could really lead an offense, right? Did you see him in that last Super Bowl with Denver? Oh. Okay. Okay. Brutal. Okay. But they now they say Peyton Manning, two championships. Right. right? 
he actually has the same amount as his brother. Nine touchdowns and 17 picks at last year, I think. It yes. Was... Yes. Right. Brock, I was surprised that they benched Brock Osweiler in the moment. Like, oh. hey, I wouldn't. Have you, is they like, when he, I think he was down here and they go, how's a guy six, eight, get the ball batted down all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, he was so, terrible as it turns out. Yeah. Okay. Like it, it happens like, man, contrary to popular belief, there's only maybe 10 to 12 guys that have quarterbacks that they absolutely can, they figure they, they can, they win with the other guys or team guys. Or um, or or guys that are making, um, you know, uh, catering their offense to that guy, doing his strings, their development talent around him, their their excellent defense, they're running the ball, play action. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Like every championship has not been won with a top ten quarterback. A lot of them have. That's one I think, guy. One I guy. Think could, I think you could figure out a way this year, especially, to win that other with that other formula. I, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you this season. When 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 Eli won, did they win because Eli or that front four on defense? I mean, Eli was sticking footballs to helmets, Leroy. He he had two plays. That's not <laughs> why they beat Tom Brady. They beat Tom Brady because Tom Brady had no room, no space. Yeah. He couldn't breathe, right? Like, there's a thousand ways to win at football. Stop cornholing yourself and making you and, and believing that the only way you can win is this way. The only way you can win is if you have a top five quarterback. That's not accurate. Is it, Aaron Rodgers one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game? How many championships he got? Okay. Does that not prove anything? And yeah. every time he's competed for a championship, you know what he's had? A running game. I mean, you're your 15 and one Vikings team. I have a hard time getting past that. I grew up as a, as a huge Packer fan. Right. And I mean, you guys just went into Lambeau Field, just stomped and, on them. I mean, in the, in the rain on Monday Night Football. Best, oh. That was one of the best teams that I ever played on as far as how we did things offensively was so cool like you didn't we didn't run plays like for you know people like this guy line up at x this guy right you know uh brian billick would call a play and basically where you were on the field determine what route you ran so whether you were the running back the tight end a slot receiver or an outside guy because there was trips on the other side you knew what route based on where you stood on the football field. And so it kept everybody, you know, everybody was alert because periodically you'd be in a formation. You got to look at one of the wide receivers and say, hey, what I got here? So it was really fun. Um, it's unfortunate, but here's, here's what we knew. We knew that if we didn't score 30, that we we're going to put our defense in a tough spot. We knew that. We didn't score 30 twice. And win a championship because it's not, it's not how many, it's when. Right? If we lost the first two games of the season, we've been Super Bowl champs. Right? It's just yeah. when you lose them. So, uh, yeah. Leroy, that was amazing. Man, I think we talked 15, 20 minutes and we ended up going for an hour here. So, yeah. So, 
Big Mouth Leroy on Twitter, right? At, at Big Mouth Leroy, yeah. And you're down there in South Florida. I'm I want to say Florida, 970? Do, um, um, 790. 790, 790, that's right. 790 ticket. I'm on Twitch. We do our show on Twitch. Um, 6 to 10 in the morning. Love so it. How is it on the dark like, side, man? You like it? Huh? No, it's fine. You know what? Here's what I learned. So when I started doing it, it was great. Because you're thinking, I got the rest of my day. You suckers. I can come <laughs> home, take a nap, go to the gym. I get in my pool. I'm excellent. Then I realized all the people I do stuff with are going. They at work. <laughs> so I'm like, so it's so. so but I, I, like, I like being done. I do everything from my house. So I'll never have to leave the house. Yeah, that's perfect. Like yeah. right where we're talking here now? Yeah, I'm at my house. Nice. The, the only thing I hate is that they don't pay me by the word. I'm going to find that job. I'm telling you, when I get that job, it's over. They say, how do we pay him? We pay him by the word. You know, if, if we can build go long up these next few years, we'll pay by the word, Leroy. Okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll find a way. You know, you got enough stories to share. We'll, we'll make yeah. it happen. We'll do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 look, talking football is fun. Um, you know, it, one of the lines that I've never had to use and I refuse to use is because I played. You shouldn't. I, I don't think people should listen to me because I played. Just hear me out. See if I make some sense. I right? love it. But I'm I never going to throw in your face. You know, we always get ultimatums and and, and, and and stuff thrown in our face. We don't have conversations with people. And that's when things get, get evil, right? And people get angry. And so I'm not going, if I'm in an argument with somebody or a conversation, they don't agree with what I say. I don't have to say like, oh, well, you don't know because you ain't never had your hand in the dirt. Like, that means you don't want to argue. And, and I don't expect people to just take my word for it. So, you know, it's fun. I enjoy it. I look at people in knuckleheads. I don't have a problem to call them a jackass. Like, you don't make no sense, right? You know, and I, and I would say, I say this to every Cleveland fan that I ever come across, right? And I say it down here with the Dolphins. Be more patient. It's not, it, 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 there's a lot of moving pieces and, and the one thing that happens to football organizations all the time, right? The one thing that happens all the time is you have a good year, you assume that you're going to be able to count on this guy to do this. And if one guy doesn't continue on and progress, now you got a hole. And unlike other sports, you got 22 guys, backups. You know, you got a lot of, a lot of things that have to turn over. Now, what I'll say about, you know, I can't stand Pittsburgh, but I respect the hell out of them. Continuity. It starts from the top. They have been consistent with both ownership and certain players. They don't pay anybody, but that's a whole different conversation. But how many times have they said back in the 90s, Bill Cowher should be gone? How many times have they said, um, this coach should be gone. And Mike Tomlin, after that Jacksonville right. playoff game, they wanted, right. you know, a lot of fans wanted him and, gone. And, and you know what? Ownership says, hey, that's not how we do things here. And you know what happens? Eventually they settle down because they know that these guys know what they're doing. So, and, and I would say to the Cleveland Browns, 
if you want your fan base to trust you, then trust your decisions. Trust the decisions that you make and stick with them and live with them and, 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 and be confident about the, the decisions that you make. Because if you show that you aren't that confident, then you're going to get the fans. The fans are going to sit. Let me tell you something about fans. Fans are great from this standpoint. When blood's in the water, they come in after you. I don't care if it's your team, the other team, right? They coming after you. Fans, look, and, and it's it's amazing that you see it, but they, like, yeah, fans, they, they're, they're smart. They're the, know, ones, they they're, they're, they're the ones paying, you know, millions of dollars to support this stuff. So yeah. I get it. Absolutely. 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 I don't ever have a problem with a fan. I don't ever have a problem. Sometimes they're a bit unrealistic, but fan is short for fanatic. Right? Did you you, yeah. you ever met a calm and understanding fan? No, <laughs> no. I don't know. That's all we have at Go Long, Leroy. I'm sorry. That's all. <laughs> we only have that type here. I, you're 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 preaching to the wrong choir. No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great point. It really is. It's tough to. I mean, that's the juxtaposition here. It's just like you know. When you've gone best, one in thirty-one, it's kind of hard for me to tell you to be patient. Okay. Exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, sit here and act like I would be patient after one in thirty-one. But at some point, you got to show unconditional support, and maybe that goes farther along than trying to find another quarterback after every year. I think they have a the right coach in Stefanski. I yes. think they have the right quarterback in Baker Mayfield with the right formula. You're probably right. They probably just find this middle ground and keep it plugging along. So, yeah. okay. But it gives you, us something to talk what? about here for an hour, right? I, I would tell you, I would tell you this. Give me an alternative. That's it. Give me an alternative. And, yeah. and you can't say, oh, we'll just get a guy in the draft. Oh, we'll just do that. No, 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 no. Because are you going to base your professional career on we going to get rid of Baker and hope that something shows up. Not that easy. If I'm Baker's agent, I'm just like bringing a picture of that Jersey with all the names on it and just laying it on the table. Right. Like just, all right. You, oh, you don't want, you don't want my client or right, here, here are all the other quarterbacks. They, look, the they ain't going to have Look, they can, they can have it. They can have it for three years. Yeah. So like, okay. Would, would you lay like if, if if Baker agent come in and lay those and I'm working for the organization you put, put them names in front of me I'm like what do that mean what 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 and and like it means nothing I said now we can try to work something out I just franchise you and it's not it's not that we don't like you it's not that we don't want you as the quarterback we just not there yet and we'll pay you 30, 40 million for a year instead of 90 million to have to have you for four years. You see? Dallas so, waited. They sure did. They sure did. And they had they end up paying for it because he's top five quarterback. And if yeah. Baker, look, if Baker That's ended the danger. Up, they shouldn't no, have waited. It's not a danger. If they Baker ends up being if Baker ends up being that, you will not care. You won't care. 
Nobody will care. Because all the fans will be like, pay him his money. Please pay him. When two years ago, you would say, get rid of the bum. Right? It was the danger with Dak, though. I feel like they should have known earlier that he was. Don't don't confuse the Browns with the Cowboys. Because Jerry Jones is different. Right? That's a different environment. Yeah. Yeah, That's a do. different environment. So, so don't even, don't even go there. We, we, you know, you can't do to that. Okay, but look at all the other quarterbacks. You know, they look, they played the same little, same little thing, same little game, right? Um, if you say that, you know, you think Baker Mayfield's long lines of Kirk Cousins, I think he's a little more mobile, right? But, but you can't tell me Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback. He's just not Aaron Rodgers. There are no Aaron Rodgers. One. That's why I think Kirk Cousins is overpaid. Like he should be paid a tier below what he is right now. He, you know, he's getting paid like he's getting paid like he was a starting quarterback and his time was up. That's how they get paid. Like you don't go and and you get paid. Next guy, next starter quarterback's up. He get a little bit more. That's just the way the game is played. And I guess when the league's printing money, that's perfectly fine at the end of the day. I mean, I tell you what, feel free to at me with some options. <laughs> you can pay Baker Mayfield $35 million for one year, two years from now. Or you can go sign another quarterback. Spurgeon Wood might be available. Maybe, uh, I don't know, Charlie Fry. Charlie Fry. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Go ahead. Go through all the, the goalie. Like, go, there's a reason why all these guys are backups. All right, Leroy. You're a legend. Thanks so much for hanging out. That was no a lot problem, of fun. Man. Holy shit. That was fun. No problem. All right. So people can find you. Big, Big Mouth, Mouth Leroy. Leroy. Yep. Tune in online. On, 790. Uh, on Twitch, 790 ticket in the morning. Um, that's probably the most sports that I'll talk during the show. I love it. I yeah, love it. Because I mean, like like there's too many, there's too many choices that you have to get sports information. So if you want to have a little fun, be a yeah. little entertained, have me talk about finding chicken bones on the side of my car. Uh, well, hey, you uh, are welcome back on this podcast anytime, any day. Right. I'll have okay. Monus with me next time, but uh, okay. we had fun. That was great. Yes, it was. Fun. I love a little it banter. Fun. It was fun. Awesome, but dude. We'll do it again. Thanks so much, Leroy. Have a good All one, man. All right, appreciate it. All right, bye-bye.